Get Ready with County Stewart podcast. I'm pleased to be joined today by Dana Matilia. Dana is the founder of Identity Protection Planning. Dana takes a different approach to cybersecurity. Instead of just once a year, boring training that makes employees want to poke their eyes out, she helps create a workplace culture that embraces a positive cybersecurity culture. Dana also speaks to audiences large and small about how people can protect themselves, their families, and their homes against cyber crimes. Dana, welcome to Get Ready. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Can't wait to learn more about you and what you do. So, you know, a good place to always start is if you can share a little bit about yourself and how you got started in cybersecurity. Okay, great. So my name is Dana Mantilla, and uh, I've been in this cyber world now for um, about three, three and a half years. And how I actually got involved in it was I have an insurance agency and uh, wanted to offer identity theft protection to our clients. And we couldn't really find a platform that was B2B that would then be to C. So got together with a software company in California and we created a product. Then after we did that, uh, we created a co-branding opportunity for other financial advisors, insurance agents, employers, anybody who has a group of people that they wanted to offer identity theft protection to. And so then they would get a co-branded website and then they can offer to their clients, direct them to their, their personalized um, website that they have. So I did that. And while this was all going on, I realized that there really needs to be a lot of education with identity theft and cyber crimes because people really are not as aware of it as, as you'd think. It's a very reactive right now. And I think unfortunately over the next three to five years, it's going to have to become more and more. We're going to have to really start focusing on this because it's only going to get worse, which is the sad part. But the good part is we can kind of be proactive and help help ourselves and help our families and help our coworkers and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So um, I started doing videos. That's where I was going with this. I started doing videos on LinkedIn a few years ago and had no traction at all in the beginning. And then finally, they kind of, you know, picked up a little bit. And now I have a little audience that uh, people, you know, I break down the topics into very, very digestible little bite-sized pieces and make one very specific topic per video, try to add a little humor to it and um, hope that they learn something and that they remember it. Well, fantastic. Yeah, I, I think people digest things in those bite-sized pieces. Uh, the one thing you said that resonates with me is also, I have an insurance background, um, is that I think of identity theft protection planning as sort of insurance for your entire financial life because everything you have is at risk if your identity is stolen. Mm -hmm. um, absolutely, yes, absolutely. And you know, it's, it, people say, well, I'm really careful. I don't need to worry about that. And it would be great if, if we were really careful and didn't post anything, didn't share information, but we do. And the digital world that we live in sometimes requires us to share some of this information. And then the other thing is, is that the data breaches, we've become so numb to data breaches and they're happening every day and they're huge. And the problem is, is that we need, every time there's a data breach, it should be like, like a fire alarm going off and it's not anymore because it just happens so much. And that's all personal information that is falling to the wrong hands and they're doing the wrong thing with that information. So we can be as careful and as vigilant as possible, but when half of the equation is out of our control, there's nothing we can really do about that. That's that's the part that I really try to hammer home to people because people do say that to me. Oh, I'm very careful. I don't online shop. I don't do this. I don't do that. 
but you know, we're giving away so much information every single day in so many different ways that everybody's at risk. Definitely. And I think you hit on a good point is that people get a little numb to these things when they happen so often. Mm -hmm. So that that's great. Well, can you get into um, a little more specifically, what is identity theft? So identity theft is someone else using your personal information for something that you are not giving authorization to. Uh, they could open up a credit card in your name. They could get a job. They could file for government benefits in your name. Uh, they could use your medical insurance and go get medical treatments. It, it happens in a wide variety of, of different ways that, uh, that we, even with social media nowadays, someone opening up and pretending that they're you on social media. And um, it can happen a lot of different ways, I guess, is the moral of the story. Yeah, well, I, I found... Uh... My son found that he, somebody had opened a Facebook account in his name. Uh, fortunately, they hadn't really done anything with it, but it was kind of scary to find you, your teenager had a Facebook account that he didn't even know about. Yeah, it is. It's very scary. So, you know, how do you feel that identity theft fits into the greater financial literacy and financial education conversation? Well, I think, you know... Listen, if you are a, a senior and uh, you, you've retired, you've finally made it, that's, those are the poor people that are at the biggest risk because they do have a little, little nest egg and they do sometimes fall for a little trickery that somebody could be posing as somebody else. So you want to just make sure that if somebody does steal your identity and do something that causes you to lose money, you want to have that insurance that you're going to get reimbursed for those, for those funds and that someone's going to be there to help you because that's the problem. When you become a victim of identity theft, nobody knows who to call. You know, who do you call? So this way, you know, you can call the restoration center. Somebody will walk you through the entire process until the whole thing is cleaned up and it's a big peace of mind situation. Well, that's great. And I think people need that. Um, can you tell us um, how can people protect themselves from identity theft? how they can protect themselves from identity. Well, there's a, there's a variety of, of ways. And these are all my little tips that I try to, to you know, um, give away on my videos. But one thing that we need to stop doing is oversharing on social media because we're sharing every time you're posting something, it's, it's contains some kind of personal information. And those Facebook quizzes that everybody thinks are so fun to do. Again, a lot of those questions that they're asking, you know, oh, we're going to figure out what kind of dog you'd be if you were a dog. A lot of those questions are the same security questions that you have on your credit card accounts or your online banking accounts. So there's, that's not a coincidence. Sometimes these little quizzes are put together by identity thieves. So that's one way what we're sharing um, online. And uh, somebody could, you know, in the data breach, get a hold of someone's social security number. And like I mentioned, they could go and file for all those benefits or get a job or whatever. There's, there's a lot of different things that people could do uh, with identity theft. Yeah, I, I think people don't think about that quite often is that it's those little breadcrumbs that eventually add up that, what do they call them? Shadow profiles? I've heard the name, I can't remember what it is. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know what, what you're talking about with the shadow profiles. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. I, I think it was in the social like dilemma. Oh, so yes, social dilemma. Yeah, how they oh. build a profile of somebody and. Yes, 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 yes. There's also called um, uh, residual. What do they call it? 
I forgot it was in, it was in the movie. I've used it in a couple of my presentations. Anyway, it talks about how you're leaving little little fingerprints with it, about yourself everywhere you go. And the social media platforms know that and they try to keep you on those sites. That's their number one goal because the longer that you're on the site, the more information they're collecting. They also say that they know us better than our, um, our spouses and our family members, which is true. Facebook said with 150 likes, they know you better than your family. And with 300 likes, they know you better than your spouse, which is a little startling, but. Yeah, that, that, that is startling. And I, I think that really drives home your point about those little extra breadcrumbs um, that you're leaving behind by taking those quizzes and everything else that, you know, these profiles are being built and in the hands of the wrong people, they can't be used for identity theft. Um, so what is your company identity protection planning? Um, what does it do? So we work with, uh, it's, it's funny, it's actually taken a big shift during COVID, but what we do is we work with companies to do educational programs to help their employees uh, become better cyber warriors, as I like to say. And uh, with now that we all live in a Zoom world, everything is a lot easier to communicate to a much bigger audience. So, um, you know, before COVID, it would be in person, smaller, local, you know, kind of stuff where nowadays I can do these presentations everywhere and I, and I have them internationally, all over the United States. So anyway, we do educational um, programs, variety of different things uh, to help people become more aware of what they should be paying attention to and give them little tips and tricks and tools to use. A lot of these tools are free. People just don't even know that they exist. So it's, it's getting that into their hands. Well, that's fantastic. I, I, I think it's so needed. Um, you know, as you and I talked about, it's part of uh, my get ready financial calendar that I think that people uh, do, do you feel that sometimes people feel this is a one and done rather than an ongoing thing that they need to do? Yeah. And it's, def it's definitely an ongoing thing. I mean, you can start today and you just have to keep continuing. And but one thing I always talk about is passwords and how people have the same password for every single account and they have for a million years. That's not good. That's not good. We've got to change their passwords and have different passwords for different accounts. And the reason why that's important is, let's take a database, for example. So let's take Grubhub. It's a small food delivery company, no big deal. They had a data breach, username and password taken. So let's say that you use the same email address and the same password for all of your accounts. So now that, that, that thief, that you know, cyber criminal has that information and they can just take that and go plugging them in to Facebook, to LinkedIn, to Bank of America, to Chase. And then eventually they may they may be able to get into one of your accounts. And that's really scary because then they could take over the account, change the password. You'll never be able to get in there again. And they could wreak a lot of havoc on some of your financial information or even your reputational um, information that they could be posting things that are inappropriate or something you would never ever say. And it looks like it's coming from you. That is, that is scary. Um, so as we're talking about passwords, um, does your service or do you recommend a certain uh, password manager? Do you recommend that people use a company like LastPass or if you have an Apple to use the Apple, uh, what is it, uh, password manager? I, if they're comfortable with it. If you're comfortable with that, yes, that would be a very good thing um, to use. A lot of people are not comfortable with that. 
whether the information is stored on the local device or in the cloud. You know, they think it's just yet another place where something could be, you know, involved in a data breach. A lot of this stuff is encrypted, but so yes, a, a password manager would be a good option. Another thing I like to tell people because they, they dread changing their password. And especially when you say they need to have a different password for every account. Oh my goodness. So I say, well, come up with a passphrase. Could be any, mm. any passphrase and then change the end of the phrase to whatever count you're, you're going into. So if it was Mary had a little lamb and you're going into your LinkedIn account, you say Mary had a little lamb, LinkedIn, and then some numbers or some something you're going to remember. So now the only thing you have to remember is the passphrase. And then each of your individual accounts, you're going to have a different ending of the passphrase. That helps people a little bit because it's a little less like overwhelming. As, oh my goodness, I got to go change my password for every single account. That's too much. I can't do that. So that's a great tip. And, and that's much easier than remembering these weird alphanumeric, like um, I have the new version of Safari and it's just these, just, I mean, I'm sure they're unbreakable passwords, but it's like, I'm never going to remember it. And then I have to put it into a spreadsheet or something that of course yeah. can be hacked. So it's like, yeah, I, I love that suggestion of a passphrase because that, that's something that we can all remember. Mm -hmm. so. And you can personalize it and then, you know, replace the S's with dollar signs or puts, you know, some, some symbols in there somewhere where you're going to remember them and make it, it'll help, it'll help make it more complex. That, that's such a great tip. So who do you feel, I mean, it sounds like basically anybody and everybody would benefit from um, identity protection planning. Would, would you agree? Or is there a certain demographic or life stage where people should think I, about it? I would say everybody really is at risk and even including kids. And synthetic identity is one of the fastest growing segments of identity theft. And what that is, is that's when the thieves are taking a real child social security number and they put it together with a fake name and a fake date of birth. And in essence, they create a completely different individual. So that social security number is no longer associated with that child. It's associated with this new synthetic identity. And they can use that for years and years and years and build upon the credit and then just dump it one day. And then chances are the poor kid isn't gonna find out until maybe he's 18 and he's applying for college and alone. And then this mess gets unraveled. And then, then maybe the, there's a pause in the, in the loan system, loan process. So then they can't get a loan. Now they maybe not go to college on time. So it's, that's a devastating situation. So none of us want, want to think about that happening, but that's what happens because no one's keeping an eye on these kids' social security numbers because no one's supposed to be using them legally. So mm -hmm. that we kind of just forget about it until they're maybe going to open up their first credit card or something. So, Yes, everybody is definitely a victim. I mean, could be a victim, a potential victim. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, that's what it sounded like as, as we were talking is that there is a risk for all of us that this is one of those universal risks, like, you know, depending where you are, is like in California, we're all at a universal risk of an earthquake. An earthquake doesn't discriminate mm -hmm. um, or choose certain segments of the population. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's really helpful information. And, you know, that's really interesting about the synthetic identity. I hadn't, I hadn't heard that one before. <laughs> There's always so much yeah. to learn. So um, how do you feel that people can improve their financial literacy and learn about things like identity protection? What, do, you, do you think it should be something that should be part of the education system? Where do you think we could help people learn about these types of things? Well, I definitely think as, as much as we could possibly all share with each other, because 
you know, identity theft has been around for a long time. It's not anything new, but the whole digital aspect of things and how everything is involved in technology, everything is everywhere, everything is out on a cloud somewhere, that has exponentially skyrocketed the chances of, of people becoming victims. And we need to take this into consideration. And there needs to be some cybersecurity understanding and continual learning about the, you know, the latest and the greatest. So that's what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to help people so that they can learn and, and become aware of, of the latest scam, how they can protect themselves about it. Like I had mentioned some of those free tools and tips that are out there. Uh, one of the things right now that you can run your credit for free each month with each of the different credit bureaus. Now, before COVID, you could only run it one time per year per credit bureau. So you could, if you spaced everything out, you could kind of, you know, every few months get a little look at, you know, your credit report, but now they have it so you can run it every single month with each of the bureaus. So that's really good. So people can, can do that and take a look, make sure all the activity that's on there is their own activity. And if it's not, then you know, you have a problem. I just had a gentleman today, I, one of my videos that I did and, and um, about running your credit and he messaged me today, said that he did, and he found out somebody was using a, a credit card in his name. So at least he found out. I mean, it's unfortunate that it happened, but at least he found it. Wow, that's that's incredible. So, you know, just as a question um, about your service, does a service like yours include um, access to running credit reports? Yes, yes, it does. Yes, it does. Several times a year, a report and a score. And it doesn't hurt your credit. People ask that all the time. Oh, what about if I pull my credit? If it's going to mar my credit? It's not. It's not that kind of a, a credit inquiry. So it's not um, going to hurt your credit. That's great. Yeah, I, I interviewed somebody on another show and um, she was talking. She wrote a book is how to be a member of the 800 club, uh, you know, and what that involved getting an 800 credit score. And that was that was pretty interesting. A lot of surprising <laughs> factors in there. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, this is a question I ask everybody. What is your number one tip on being financially prepared? Financially prepared. Well, I'm not a financial advisor, but let me see from, I think everybody needs to always be living within their means and then with, with a little, little tiny little, you know, till that they're putting some money in for, for a rainy day. And I think unfortunately right now in, in, in society in general, there's not a lot of that going on. Everybody needs to have the latest and the greatest this and the latest and greatest that. So, you know, maybe if nothing else, maybe COVID kind of humbled us all down a little bit to uh, making sure that, you know, we can take care of the, the really important things. And so that's what I would just suggest you be living within your means. Well, that's great. And that's really helpful. And I, I think, you know, some of the other things that you mentioned are also um, definitely financial preparedness tips is that, I, I, you mentioned at the beginning of the uh, podcast about being proactive. And I think there, that's a very valuable tip um, that you can't play defense. Right. Yeah. So I'm a sports guy, so I got to bring in the sports analogies every once in a while. So uh, that's wonderful. So, uh, you know, with the podcast, I'll post, you know, links to your website and everything, but can you tell people a little bit more how they can learn about you and stay in touch with you and your work? Sure. Yeah. Well, you can always find me on LinkedIn. I'm over there all the time. So just type in my name and make a connection request and I will connect with you. And then you can follow my content on there. Uh, you can also go to our website, which is identityprotectionplanning.com and send me a message that way. So that's probably the, the two easiest ways to get in touch with me. 
Well, great. Um, is there anywhere else where you're posting your videos that people can follow your videos or is LinkedIn the best place? LinkedIn is the main one, but I have started posting them on Facebook. It's just me getting into the habit every day of making sure that I do it or whenever I do post my videos. So they're on YouTube too, but that's not uh, anything great over there that I have going on. But, uh, but I'm trying to diversify. I'm trying to get myself educated on how all these platforms work because I'm not too savvy in that world, but I'm trying. Well, that's fantastic. It's, you know, I, I have looked at uh, some of your videos and for the people who are watching or listening to this podcast, I would definitely recommend taking a look at some of Dana's videos. And as she mentioned is they're specific, they're short, they're straight to the point um, of the topic at hand. Uh, so I would highly recommend uh, checking them out. And uh, Dana, thank you so much for uh, joining me today on the Get Ready Podcast. You're very welcome. This was fun. Yeah, it was great. Um, appreciate it. And uh, for everybody out there, please remember to subscribe to the Get Ready with Tony Stewart Podcast. Until next time.